It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's another crossover, Week 15, Locked On Packers, Locked On Panthers, here with Bill Rossetti from Locked On Panthers. And this has been uh, an interesting season for Carolina, Bill, because there is a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, The defensive talent is coming along. Guys like Jeremy Chin and um, is a a legitimate defensive player of the year uh, type or defensive rookie of the year type season right now. So where does this team stand right now? Are you are you satisfied with where they are? Because they're going to have another top 10 pick. And we didn't think they were going to be that good this year. So how do you grade what you've seen so far from them? Yeah, they're they're pretty much on par, I think, with where we kind of expected them. You know, they had that nice little start over the first couple of weeks, uh, started 0-2, but then rallied off three straight wins. Sitting at 3-2, and you're thinking, okay, maybe this team has a little bit of something. And then, I guess, reality started setting in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you know, um, the, the, they had a bunch of games where they were either tied at, at the half or leading at the half by a couple of points. Games like uh, the second Buccaneers game, even against the Chiefs, they had to lead at the half, couldn't hold on to it. Uh, second half, for the most part, has been kind of their downfall. So this is a team that's still kind of learning how to win games. But you could see the base there with a lot of the the young talent that they have. So I still think this is a team that's trending upward. But yeah, all in all, this is about where we thought the, uh, the Panthers were going to be. So, you know, it's... Uh, I guess it's about an average grade. Can't really say, you know, they're they've been spectacular, I guess. But like I said, I'm not I'm not going to say they failed because we knew it was going to be a, a rough start. But they're definitely buying into what Matt Rule is is doing. So it's it's exciting for sure. It, it does seem that way that that this is a team that you know that Matt was saying some some interesting things. I don't some things that I was sort of raising my eyebrows about when when he first got to town. But this has been an offense that can score. Um, they've got great skill guys with Robbie Anderson coming in. We know Curtis Samuel, and, and then of course, you know DJ Moore is becoming a legitimate uh, star player in this league. And and the only reason that I think he is not uh, more, uh, you know, well known is because Carolina just hasn't been that good since he's been around. Offensively, Teddy Bridgewater is who we thought he was. Mm-hmm. He's not going to he's not going to win you games, but he's also not going to lose you games. What do you see from this offense right now? I think that's a perfect description, Peter. You know, Teddy's done a nice job of hanging on to the football. You know, they're, they're really not turning the ball over. And that's been one of the keys to Carolina, I guess, being competitive in a lot of these games. Teddy is, you know, I, I don't want to give him just the straight on game manager label, but I would say it's just maybe a little bit more than that, if if you know what I mean. But, you know, he is completing over 70% of his passes. A lot of it is kind of short stuff. I think it's just mostly just trying to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, right? They're getting the ball into DJ Moore, getting the ball to Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, you know, whatever the case may be, and just letting them, I think, do the bulk of the work, trying to take a lot of the pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater. So yeah, I, I think how you put it is perfectly. He's not going to 
wow you a lot, but he's not going to completely crumble. He's not going to really cost you anything. So he's been kind of the the nice bridge quarterback, I, I guess we'll say. He's filled in the gap nicely between Cam Newton and then ultimately whoever they end up uh, replacing him with in probably you know about two years maybe, if not sooner. That was what I was going to ask you because as I as I look at this team, I go, you know, they got they got some really nice pieces offensively, and and the defense I think has some some pieces. Brian Burns has has played really well this year. Don't tell Packer fans. Um, Jeremy Chan, as I mentioned, is playing really well. I think Derek Brown is a nice interior defender. Although I felt like they they overpaid in terms of draft capital for him. Why not? take a shot on a quarterback in the draft why not if they're going to get a top 10 pick and they could get someone like trey lance who might need a year or two to sit anyway why not do that why not why not try and hit that upside because this is a team with plenty of skill players and they've got guys like christian mccaffrey robbie anderson those guys are under contract they can afford to wait a season or two i i totally agree and i, and I think that's going to be one of the more likely scenarios you know it's it's not a guarantee, obviously, but it's a perfect position, like you said, because they they have the time, right? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, he'd signed a three year contract, but really, in essence, it's only a two year contract. They can get out of that contract very easily after twenty twenty one, and so you bring in one of these guys, like you mentioned, Trey Lance or. Uh, Zach Wilson, or even somehow if uh, Justin Fields falls to them, if, say, the Jaguars take a different quarterback other than Fields, whoever the case may be, Carolina is going to be in a good position where that guy can sit for a year behind Teddy Bridgewater, learn from Teddy, learn from Joe Brady and all this, and just kind of get himself ready. You know, they, they won't be under pressure to throw him out there week one. And, you know, if things go south, then maybe throw him out there, see what he has. Similar to Miami, you know, eventually they wanted to see what they have in Tua, and so far it's turned out pretty well. Carolina, and I've seen this connection a lot, and it makes a lot of sense. Carolina could be the new Miami Dolphins, if that makes yeah. sense. So, you know, really excited to see. And But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think quarterback is going to be a, uh, a very likely possibility from especially if they're going to end up sitting in the top six on the draft which is about where they're probably going to be so as i look at this team uh it, it here's what this game and, and so many games come down to for me i don't think carolina can block green bay's front and i don't think the panthers can get enough pressure on aaron Rodgers to slow down this passing attack even with brian burns playing at a high level this season am i wrong about that i i totally agree peter um, I am very worried <laughs> about the Panthers' offensive line. They have, uh, in recent weeks, not really shown the strong ability to protect Teddy Bridgewater. In fact, Teddy got sacked four times against the Broncos. And, you know, the Broncos obviously have a, a nice front themselves. But, I, I mean, the way Green Bay just gets after you. I mean, Zadarius Smith obviously is having another fantastic season. He's got to be just salivating watching that that Broncos film. Um, so so I, I'm a little worried. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of matchups. I think that the Panthers are, uh, are going to lag behind. You mentioned, you know, protecting Teddy Bridgewater, getting after Aaron Rodgers. I'm even going to go out and say, 
how in the hell are they going to cover Devonte Adams? Yeah. <laughs> just and, and you're not going out on a limb there, Bill, because no one has been able to cover Devonte Adams all year. And mm-hmm. so, if guys like Troy Pride and and Russell Douglas can't mm-hmm. do it, no one is going to fault them because no one's been able to do it all season. I've I've been saying like on my show and uh, another Pan- or Packers pod I was just on. I said this is going to be one of those games where the Panthers are really going to wish that they would have been able to keep James Bradbury. Yep. Who who has been who's been very good this season. Absolutely. Right? He's had a great season for the Giants. If if uh if the Packers were to to call the Panthers and say, "Listen, we know the offensive line situation for you is not great. Why don't you give us Shaq Thompson and you can take Rick Wagner on his low money deal?" What do you say? It's that's interesting. Uh, that, it'll make you stop and think for a little bit, for sure. You know, and I, I know there's some people that uh, weren't even all that thrilled when Shaq Thompson got that contract. Going back to the James Bradbury talk, I've seen people say, "Hey, why did we give Shaq that money? We could have given it to James Bradbury." And you know, Jermaine Carter, I, I thought has played pretty well since stepping in for Tiger Whitehead and. You know, if the Panthers decide not to go with the quarterback in in the draft, maybe Micah Parsons could be a possibility. Yeah. So that that would that would be an interesting one to think about. I don't think you can uh, immediately shut that down. That's that's an interesting <laughs> offer. I like that. I just you know, just feeling like you know, Jeremy Chin is sort of duplicative in terms of their skill set. By the way, I absolutely love Jeremy Chin. We we can't get out of here without talking about Chin because. I, I I loved him pre-draft. I thought mm-hmm. he was the guy on tape that the the draft industrial complex told us that that Duggar was. I was never that impressed with Kyle Duggar. I thought he was all tools. I thought Chin had real skill to go along with that, those physical traits, and we are seeing it now. What have you liked from Jeremy Chin this season other than everything? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I think the better question is, what have I not liked right. about Jeremy Chin? And the correct answer to that would be nothing, because I, I'm with you, man. Pre-draft, I was amazed with this kid. You know, getting a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl and hearing from him at the Combine. This this kid just had it. I mean, he had the size, he had the speed, he had really everything you can ask for from a safety. And I thought. Landing in Carolina was as close to a perfect spot, I think, for him because you have a young defense in Carolina that needed a lot of pieces. Chin really checks a lot of those boxes. They could play him deep at safety. You know, technically, he's, a, I guess, he's considered, you know, an outside linebacker, but really he's more kind of in that Teron Matthew mold, that linebacker slash safe, safety hybrid. Right. So, this was perfect for him. So for them to go up, you know, and they could also thank the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, that, that would have been a perfect spot for him too. But, um, you know, we all know what happened there. So we do indeed. Uh, when we come back, we will talk on the other side with the Packers and the Panthers where we flip the hot seat and Bill takes his aim at me and the Green Bay Packers right after this. <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back here rolling along. Week 15 already of Crossover Thursday. Billy Rossetti, Peter Bukowski, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Packers getting ready for a Saturday night game. I did find this interesting when that was announced too that they moved this game to a a Saturday night. So a lot of people are going to, we just talked about some of the players on the Panthers. A lot of the national meet or a lot of national fans are going to get some exposure to some of these Panthers players. But Green Bay, man, you know, a, a great week for them. Big win over the Lions, and uh, they got a lot of help from the Saints, losing to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and now the Packers sitting as the number one seed in control now for that number one seed. So um, what's the feel? Actually, I guess the first question really would be, there was obviously a lot of talk with the Packers in terms of, oh, well, this was one of the worst 13 and three teams I've ever seen. How did they make it to the NFC Championship? They're due for regression. And yet here they are, 10 and three, and about to make a deep run. Really... I think at this point, they're probably my pick now to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know this is this has been a case that I've been making on my show, and and I wrote about it for SB Nation. How is Matt Lafleur not in greater consideration for Coach of the Year? And you say, okay, well they were thirteen and three last year, but as you said, they were supposedly the worst thirteen and three team ever. They were supposedly a fraudulent thirteen and three team, and we saw how the season ended. The 49ers destroyed them. They did really nothing to get materially better. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round and a backup running back and a backup H-back tight end fullback hybrid in the third round who tore his ACL early in the season and hasn't played. A.J. Dillon has been on the COVID list for the last month, which is a reminder of how serious that is. And yet the Packers are here with the chance to be the number one seed and the chance to be the favorites in the NFC. We, we usually see coach of the year, for example, go to a team where the coach, they were going to be a five win team, a six win team. And they, and they miraculously win 10 games. Well, the Vegas win total Billy for the, the Packers was eight or eight and a half, depending on where you looked, right? Mm-hmm. If they win 13 games, they could outperform expectations by five games. Why is that any different from a team that was projected to win five games, winning 10 to me, it's not. And, and, and what's more, I think the hardest thing for a player is to make the jump from good to great. And I think the hardest thing for a team to do is make that jump from good to great. And I think the Packers made that jump. We're seeing Aaron Rodgers get the credit for an MVP season. I think he is, uh, you know, if not the favorite co-favorites with Patrick Mahomes, I think even if Matt LaFleur is not going to win coach of the year, and I'm fine if he doesn't win it, I think he needs to be getting a a bigger consideration in this mix with guys like Kevin Stefanski and Ron Rivera. And that's a a very valid argument. I totally agree with you there. And, you know, you obviously mentioned Aaron Rodgers, who is playing at an MVP level. And you mentioned they drafted Jordan Love. I'm sure that has to do that played a little bit of a factor. I'm sure that, you know, not that Rodgers needed motivation, but I'm sure we know he wasn't too thrilled when they made the pick you know so how much do you think that played a factor um 
you know, what's really gone into this offense? What kind of tweaks do you think there have been in this offense that have made them look better than they did last year? Yeah, the famous four fingers of tequila uh, comment from Aaron Rodgers after the Packers <laughs> drafted Jordan Love. That's true. Um, uh, the thing is, um, and it, it's in some ways, it's the elephant in the room. I am am wondering if this season for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kind of screwed up Green Bay's plans. Because when I went back and watched this offense from 2019, I saw a lot of missed throws from Aaron Rodgers. And the play action, he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league in play action last year. Uh, they didn't use it as much as they probably should have. Um, they they had a lot of deep balls last year. He was not particularly accurate on those deep balls. And so I, I when they drafted Jordan Love, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, maybe this is a team that just thinks they need to make a change. And that in two years, Jordan Love is going to be ready because Aaron Rodgers is declining. He is not a great fit in this offense with all of the RPOs and the play action stuff. And it's just not going to be, it's not going to work out. Right. And then he comes out and he does this and he buys into what they're doing last year. This offense was a mix of what Matt LaFleur likes and what Aaron Rodgers had done. It was a Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur hybrid this year. This is Matt LaFleur's offense. This is what he wants to run. Now he's tailored it to his quarterback. And he's given Rodgers carte blanche at the line of scrimmage. But they had to have a powwow in the offseason and say, you need to buy into the pre-snap motion. You need to be in on these concepts. And Rodgers said, look, it worked last year. Let's do it. And that confidence has permeated everything about his game, even without adding pieces. They drafted Jordan Love and not Michael Pittman Jr. And not Chase Claypool and not LaVisca Chenault. And the offense right now is number one in the league by DVOA. Um, they're, they're performing like they did in 2014 above some of those levels. You know, talking about 2011 Rodgers when he was as good as we've, we've ever seen someone play the position. Um, they've done a lot of things to make that happen. And, and, and the way he's playing now, playing in rhythm and within the, the bounds of this offense, as we stand here today, I think it's more likely that Jordan Love gets Jimmy G'd in two years than it is that he's the starter in two years. Hmm, that's that's a lot to process thought. there. I know <laughs> that is that's that's an interesting thought, but um, yeah, it, that's a valid that's a very valid argument. I, I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, you really haven't. Has how many games has Jordan Love even been? It doesn't feel like he's been active for a lot of games this year, has he? I don't think he's been active once. <laughs> wow, nothing like uh, taking a quarterback in the first round, and he's been uh, he's been inactive all season. So that's always cool. Well, it, part of that is they, they kept Tim Boyle, and I'm not sure in a normal season they would have kept Tim Boyle. So right. Think, Obviously, think, this is a, a much COVID, different. Yeah. Right. And and so in a normal season, you have the preseason. You know, you hope Boyle plays well. He was someone who reportedly had interest from other teams at the end of last year, and Green Bay had to, um, you know, they they potentially had some suitors there, and so maybe you know you get a sixth round pick or something. You know, they got something for Brett Hundley a few years ago. So maybe they could get something for Tim Boyle and then Jordan Love is your backup. I think that, you know, that's we don't have to overthink that one. But um, yeah, it, it certainly has not been lost on a lot of Packer fans that they they drafted Jordan Love. He hasn't been active. And then, you know, you look at what someone like Chase Claypool is doing. You know, I was I was sitting here in April saying, why not just take Jeremy Chin at 30? Why not just take Antonio Gibson at 30 and be fine? 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know those not I, i'm sure there were other players that i was advocating for who have sucked but um you know they, they certainly could have taken a player there who would have a, a better more material impact on their team on on the same token i don't think we can rule out jordan loves drafting in green bay having some positive impact on aaron Rodgers' play and if it costs a first round pick to get mvp aaron Rodgers back that is a, a value proposition you take every damn time no absolutely uh one other player i wanted to talk get your thoughts on quick too because he's been one of the surprises and i was just trying to figure out how to how to pronounce his name because i think it's a little bit different because i don't think it's uh toynian or tanyan it's tanyan like Tanyan. okay um where's he come from (laughs) (laughs) so he was a quarterback at indiana state and they converted him to receiver and he was an undrafted free agent in the lions organization they moved on from him the packers got him actually in 2018 he caught a ridiculous touchdown, you may recall, on a on a, uh, a primetime game. I can't remember if it was a Monday or a Sunday night game in Seattle. And Rodgers admitted after the game that he thought it was Jimmy Graham, not not Tunyon. Um, and he just he threw it like 60 <laughs> yards in the air. Unbelievable throw, corkscrewing his body. Um, and he was having a really nice camp last year. He, he started off taking snaps from Jimmy Graham. And makes this incredible play against Dallas um, where Rodgers escaped the pocket and, and Tanya makes this leaping grab on the sidelines in some just magnificent Jordan sneakers and uh, has this injury. He's out the rest of the year. This year he comes in, wins the tight end job in camp over Jay Sternberger. And, you know, they they just they're off and running now. He has a catch percentage above 90 he has more touchdowns than incompletions when targeted this year. Part of that is this offense. It is tailored to make these guys look good. If you can run and you can catch, you can play tight end in Matt LaFleur's offense, especially with all the attention being paid to Devontae Adams, because you're going to sit, you're going to shade safeties to Devontae's side. And you either need to help on Marquez Valdez Scantling, or he's going to run by you. Well, that leaves the middle of the field wide open, right? Mm -hmm. And, the Packers have been as well designed in the red zone as any team in football. Rodgers inside the the 20 um, has not thrown an interception this year. I think 30 of his 39 touchdowns have been inside the 20. And they just, at the goal line, all of their stuff is so well schemed up and Tunyon just seems to be wide open. It's one of those crazy things. I don't know that he is a special individual talent but he has put himself in a position to succeed. And it's a little bit like, you know, Charles Woodson once said, if you catch all the interceptions they throw to you, you'll lead the league in interceptions. And this is one of those things. He's just caught everything that they've thrown at him. And that's meant, you know, he's, he's got a billion touchdowns this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's been one of the nice surprises of this season real quick before. Yep, he's been a fantasy league winner too. Absolutely. I wish I could have caught on to him earlier. Uh, real quick before I get you out of here, how do the Packers avoid looking ahead, I guess we'll say, because I know they got a big one in week 16 against the Titans. 
I, I think by understanding that uh, they they still have the number one seed in in their back pocket, mm-hmm. and this is a game you have to win. So even if the Chiefs beat the Saints on Sunday, um, the Packers can actually lose to the Titans and be okay. But you have to beat the Panthers. You have to beat the Bears. Mm-hmm. This is going to come down to conference loss tiebreaker. So their message after winning last week and winning the NFC North was one not done. They they got their first goal. Their second goal is to get that first round by, and then once you get the buy, the the goal is to win every game, right? And and your goal is always to win every game. But the number one seed, this this first round by has very much been a major focus for this team. Matt Lafleur has been unabashed about saying we want the number one seed. We want the road in the NFC to come through Lambeau Field. And we are going to play that way. And so I think it's going to be, you know, these last three games, it's going to be all pedal, no break. And and that's got to be the mindset for them. They want to be clicking here and make a Super Bowl run. You got to go beat the doors off the Panthers. And and frankly, I think that's what they're uh, going to do. Yeah, I think this is going to be another one of those games that get away from the the Panthers. And yeah, that number one team means more than anything, or it means more than it ever has before. Um. Peter, always great talking with you, buddy. Really appreciate, uh, always enjoy getting together with you, man. You're one of my boys here on the network. You're one of the best. Thanks, man. You too. This is great. And uh, ho- hopefully we have a good game on Sunday. Should should be a lot of fun. Definitely uh, definitely looking forward to it. And hopefully all the listeners out there looking forward to it as well. And of course, thanks for listening and really appreciate the support. And hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. And we will see you next time right here on the Locked On Network. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.